0: Welcome to Running the Bases, I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Before we start, I want to tell you about Bee's Bistro, proud sponsor of Running the Bases, located in the heart of Sandy Springs, Georgia, at 6010 Sandy Springs Circle, across from City Walk Kroger. they got a diverse menu, casual prices, great food, great atmosphere, and a full bar. Coach, you like a full bar, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, what's your favorite drink?
1: It depends on on what I'm eating.
0: Oh, what about if it's just a cocktail night? If it's just a cocktail, I'm going to be with whiskey. Yep, they got plenty of that.
1: But I'll drink a martini any day. I'll drink what's there.
0: (laughs) Well, they got a full bar with a fine wine selection and a few beers on draft. So there you go. Go check them out in Atlanta, the home of running the bases. Coach, how are you? Good, sir. Pretty good. All right. Here we are. We're almost into October. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. So and tonight we are doing a special show about the history of broadcasting in baseball. Um, baseball is one of the first endeavors ever to be put on radio or television. And as it is the national pastime and has provided uh, really a narrative on our times throughout the late 19th, 20th, and now 21st century. It is the broadcasters of baseball that narrated the great game that entrenched it in the minds of so many fans across the country. So, Coach, I think we got to start and end and do a whole show just on Vin Scully. The best, wouldn't you say? He's
1: certainly the best today. Certainly the best of the last X amount of years. The... I don't know if Red Barber introduced so much to announcing, had such a prominent influence on even on America's acceptance of Jackie Robinson and the, the breaking of the color barrier. Uh I, I'm not uh ready to say that Vin Scully is the greatest announcer of all time, but he's certainly the most uh Polished and in the best today, uh, I there have, but I I also know how important the announcer is to communities. Uh, I mean, as as important and as great as Vin Scully is, he's uh, Marty Brenneman is the most important man alive to the shut in. Cincinnati Red Fan and Harry Callis was for the Phillies and Ernie Harwell for the Tigers and Harry Carey for several teams. Uh I mean uh <laughs> most it, notably
0: the Cubs though. I mean let's be honest, but that was in the television era, so we'll let I, that slide. I
1: don't know that that's true. Mm-hmm. I but okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I I continue.
1: Uh I know I I just uh I mean, these announcers are so important to the communities that they reach out to. I mean, here, I I doubt there are very few people in America that even know who Ernie Johnson is outside of the Atlanta Braves network and everything. But he was tremendously important to so many people here. And there are people like that uh, in every community, every major league community that uh, gets, and even a lot of those that just get the uh, covered. All right. Um, and I, I want to make certain, I, I talked about this. Uh, as you know, I was a teacher for 33 years. Uh, it's difficult for me to say who was the most intelligent student I had you and i both know one that i put in the uh the short list uh but the uh there is no doubt that the greatest writer that i ever had as an english teacher attributes a lot of her writing ability to listening to jack buck with her father when she was a small child living in arkansas listening to him describe slides into second base and the poetic element that is inherent in baseball this made her see things it gave her imagery it gave her verbal imagery and I know when I had this student into 10th grade I used to take her papers and shove them in front of my uh eight senior AP class and say look this is a 10th grader writing this crap where are you uh and (laughs) she uh, i mean i don't know that it was jack buck uh or or how much of it it was a daughter sitting with her father and listening to something that they shared uh but whatever it was this girl uh, of the thousands of students i taught was the best writer i ever had
0: yeah well you know um obviously baseball um was was at the at the forefront of radio and radio is how we romanticize baseball and, and there's good reason for that because a baseball game and we touched on this in our segment about the art of baseball and baseball as an art but it lends itself to truly live action poetry. The 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 being able to eloquently describe the actions that are happening, the background of the players. The stops and starts of the game just lent itself to radio. In the golden age of radio before television, baseball was, you know, it was a story being told. And you look at Jack Buck and what he did for that franchise. You look at what announcers do, not just to to, to really um, uh, enshrine the game and, and give it the narrative of its, its place in Americana and, and, and what really defines uh, a a big deal of this country's history, at least culturally speaking. But what certain announcers do for their franchises, you know, Jack Buck was on KMOX, which was and still is uh, a super radio station. That's not the technical term, but it's 50,000 watt radio station. Yeah, but that's why there's Cardinal fans everywhere in the Southeast and Midwest, you know. My father was a Cardinals fan before the Braves had a franchise because he could listen to Cardinals games. So it's a really an amazing thing. And, and it goes from radio straight into television. Something that I'm very proud of as a Braves fan here in Atlanta is um, the Ted Turner's vision to putting the Braves on TVS and making TBS uh, a satellite station so that you could watch a Braves game any time of the year, anytime it's in season, anywhere in the country it's really an amazing thing that um you know wtbs and then wgn a few years later uh pioneered and you look at television today television today is all about these cable networks that feature you know sec network and college the yes network for the yankees Nesson. um you know it, it, it all comes from uh it, it all comes from broadcasting baseball so um, but yeah, I wish I listened to Jack Buck when I was growing up. I would have written better papers, but I had Skip Carey. So <laughs> uh, well,
1: all right. I'm not. the. Uh, you know the person I'm talking about, uh, and I'm not taking anything away from you as a student, but I don't know that you were ever going to write as well as she did.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't that, know that, that it was enough. all
1: Jack Buck either.
0: I think she has some other <laughs> really positive qualities. Yeah. Um, what are, uh, you know, what's, wh- wh- who do you think of when you think of just, you know, pros being able to just describe the game versus who had the best catchphrase? In fact, I'll even put it to you this way What are some of your favorite catchphrases that come out of baseball? And um, who do you credit them with? Or who uh, gets no, the I don't, don't want to
1: go there. I'd rather go with the first question. Uh, the uh i mean all of the catchphrases you go to red barber's can of corn ducks on the pond all of these southern phrases that he's bringing to new york as part of the vernacular it was uh really i i believe the beginning of uh kind of bringing a uh national language to uh, are, are bringing baseball as part of the national uh, vernacular. Uh, this continued with Ernie Harwell uh, when Branch Rickey hires him or trades for him f- to the Atlanta Crackers to come up uh, and be an announcer for, I think the Dodgers said it might have been the Cardinals. Uh, what, um, the, uh, eh, all right, as as far as the, the catchphrases, uh harry Carey's holy cow and uh the uh i don't know that there's a catchphrase that i i actually uh i know it's not mile hamilton's holy toledo uh i'll say that uh but i i don't know that i have a catchphrase that i particularly like uh i mean look at look at espn which has tried to uh Really, I don't know. They prostituted the whole idea of a catchphrase, and with Booga and all of this sort of—I mean, you yeah. know, whatever it was uh, for home runs and stuff. I, I think too much has been made out of the catchphrase. Uh, as as far as announcers go, um, the having Red Barber be a uh, a rural Southerner come up and communicate with urban new york uh in the 30s and 40s uh what what a tremendous thing this was uh and uh you you heard all of this i mean the when you listen to ernie harwell do a game and uh i don't know how i, I got to listen to ernie harwell several times but it was like Listening to somebody in your living room give a running commentary—it was so smooth. Uh, a lot of Ben Scully in that, but it was—it uh, was conversational. Uh, the uh, there are uh, along that kind of Ben Scully line. You have the Marty Brenneman's and the John Millers today that that have that kind of comfort zone that makes you feel they're part of the community. Hey, I'll give you locally. I'm not a big Don Sutton fan, but Don Sutton feels like he's part of the community. And, uh, you know, he knows that uh, Doris Tidwell is sick at home and she hadn't been able to get to the grocery store, but she's still going to listen to the Braves games and hope she's feeling better. You're like, yeah, Don, I do too, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that all of that kind of, to me, kind of stems from the early Red Barber, uh, Vin Scully games of the, the Brooklyn Dodgers.
0: Yeah, and baseball games on the radio. Is... By
1: the way, I think I got way off your, your question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it makes sense. I mean, I, I too, I, I admire the catchphrase, guys, because, you know, that's it's kind of, I don't know, that's just fun. You know, it's fun to imitate as well, to be able to say, holy cow amongst a bunch of friends or whatever, but the
1: greatest catchphrase Hawks, you put
0: it on the board. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome because then when you go to a game for that team, you recite said catchphrase and then all of your buddies give you a high five. But anyway, I, uh, I totally, uh, have appreciated from a young age before somebody ever explained it to me that listening to baseball and particularly on the radio, obviously, um, that that's part of summer. That's what you think about when you think about the summer is the, the calm and the peace of listening to a baseball game outside, you know, at night having a beer, a cocktail or what have you. And, and it's just provides the perfect ambience that makes you think, yeah, this is summertime. You You know
1: know, what, what must have been great. Uh, and I don't know, nor do you, uh, but they talk about in the fifties in New York, uh, And you walk down a street, and New York was much more of a walking city in the 50s. You walk down the street and listen to Russ Hodges uh, doing games on one channel. You walk about a block later, and you're listening to Red Barber do games. And then uh, you walk a block further, and you're listening to whoever Mel Allen doing games. Uh, And what what a... uh, and those were the voices of uh those teams of voices they were the voices of a nation i mean mel allen i, I don't know how many uh the movie tone uh news reels that used to precede all movies uh that you used to see and but whenever they would get to sports it would be mel allen doing you know uh and
0: he was and, the voice of This Week in Baseball. until well, yeah. It, you know, he, he he transferred to the television side of it. But yeah. anyway, keep going.
1: Oh, I don't have anything to say. I, I don't know where I was going with that. How
0: great it was.
1: Yeah, that must have been like to go from uh, to have all three of those voices in your city. That, uh, how great that must have been.
0: Yeah, and, and it, it's also um, just the perfect marriage of the fact that baseball is every night, you know, and every day with with the exception of the off day every week or so but you know it's not like way of life way of life and and there's you you you're not going to get that that same conversational tone out of i think any of the other major pro sports in the country right now and in, in North America because it's not nearly as poetic i mean I, I i mean if i asked just the most casual fan name five great baseball calls um it'd probably be easily done name five great football calls on the radio i i I couldn't think of one
1: football has always been uh much more of a television sport i mean it came around later
0: yeah but even you know it's been around for you know a good 90 plus years now you know and can you think of even on television like when you think of uh yes
1: i can Uh, the immaculate reception by franco harris i can what's that call call? how did that call sound Uh, no i'm not going to do that i'm not going to do that
0: but see that's the thing is that you you can't do that but you can instantly rattle off you know the giants
1: win the pennant the giants win the pennant
0: yeah i can't believe what i just saw go crazy folks go crazy you know even here in atlanta you know the braves win braves win braves win yeah, I just find it hard to think of that in any other sport and that's part of what makes baseball so great. So um so with television, you get a nationwide exposure to certain of the greats, um, certainly uh with the World Series in particular. Um when you were growing up uh watching the World Series, uh what was your favorite um play by play slash color combination?
1: Well, the World Series, I, I, you got. It. I mean, I grew up. Uh, my my first, my first real awareness of Major League Baseball and stuff. I'm living in North Carolina and South Carolina, uh, which do not have, uh, neither has a Major League team. And I uh, grew up watching the game of the week with Pee Wee Reese and Dizzy Dean. Uh, that was, you know, and by the seventh inning, uh, after Diz had mispronounced every player's name on both teams and the game was seven to one and out of reach because the Yankees were always on that game and killing somebody. Uh, and Diz was singing the Wabash cannonball and Pee Wee Reese was trying to bring him back to the game. Diz probably had had a few too many at that point. Uh, (laughs) That was how that was my introduction to baseball, but when you got to the World Series, it was Kurt Gowdy doing all of these things, and kurt gowdy uh had this kind of uh Bostonian flair that uh even though he sounded uh more um, or less urban, I should say uh he still had this kind of Boston. Uh, we're smarter than everybody else, assholes, uh, kind of uh, attitude about things.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I sadly, most of my life watching the World Series has been Jack Buck and Tim McCarver. Um, you know, it, 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 it's so much better when baseball guys call national games.
1: Now, uh, Tim McCarver was a baseball guy.
0: Yeah, well, he, he he's kind of the exception to that, perhaps. But, you know, it, it, when, they would, when they would bring Jack Buck to call the World Series, that made it great. Joe Buck, on the other hand, calling the World Series, not so great.
1: We all like homers uh, because they appear to be more honest. They may not be. They may just be expressing what we would like to be true. But... uh to someone who is trying to be neutral they 're not nearly as much fun uh, and that 's true in any sport uh, you you look at your i mean how can I say that uh, oh, well, all right Larry Munson uh, well, you if you 're watching a Georgia Bulldogs game there 's nobody you want more announcing that game than Larry Munson. Was he that good of an announcer? Probably not. Uh, and the same thing is true in baseball. You want your boy doing the game. You want your boy saying, you know... Uh, he may not
0: be the best guy, but he's our guy. There you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: Well, my point... You want somebody saying, calling him Chipper,
0: not Larry? <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess or my point is... Mad Dog, you know. Well, that's absolutely right. I, I guess my feeling on it is that I always loved watching national games where there's a, a true baseball announcer calling it and not just a general sports announcer. You know, I think that, that that trend that's been happening in the last 20 years has kind of watered it down. Because you know when Jack Buck called the 91 World Series on television, he's not our guy, but how great was it? You know? Okay,
1: now wait a minute. I, the only person I can think of like that is Joe Buck. Uh, who does football games as well? I mean, Tim Carver is a baseball announcer.
0: Yeah, well, uh, or Tim. I mean, he's a baseball and, color guy. T- Tim's not that good, you yeah, know. No, you know, he's adbo- adbo- not. Unfortunately, I mean, uh, they're not. You know, a- and Joe Gargiola wasn't that good either. And he's been. No. He's
1: the only person in the Hall of Fame twice.
0: Joe Morgan, not so great either. But John Miller, his co his co partner for all those uh, national ESPN games, awesome. John Miller,
1: smooth. Uh,
0: he is a smooth operator.
1: The, uh, but. You know, some uh, the nas- doing a national thing is totally different than being your homer. Your homer is like a, a, such a different thing.
0: Well, yeah. Now,
1: there are they're, they're guys like shyambi who probably are better as a uh, national announcer than they are as a homer, uh, but those are far and few between. Yeah, I I would assume, I don't know, Costas is probably that way. He might be a great Cardinal announcer. Yeah,
0: he probably would be. I don't know. Too many years, though, I think for him now being the national guy, right? he's probably had to, you know, it's like Smoltz. I, I, I love it when Smoltz is... On a Braves telecast, but when he's doing MLB network, he's way more diplomatic. And, and
1: he's not that good. No, no. no but he's when, really not. When
0: he was on the Braves for that first year or so he's of retirement. Such a, he's such a doofus. <laughs> but, that's, but he's our doofus. There you go. There you go. You know, go. I mean, come on. There you go.
1: During the same time, San Francisco, but he's our Barry Bonds. Got, but he's our
0: doofus. I'd much rather have our doofus than our steroid king. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what do you think about, um, baseball now? I mean, the trend now, the money that coming from these, um, cable contracts is just outrageous really, but you know, how do you feel about the state of television baseball now? Do you like that you can, you can watch the, you know, Tampa Bay devil rays anywhere in theory and, you know, do you think? Sure. Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, uh the uh Yeah, I mean, you know, it hasn't hurt baseball attendance. It uh we have found that it has helped attendance. Uh the uh I
0: the, I would credit baseball on television is is really helping ballparks um just the 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 want to go see certain ballparks when you really See them, you know, because television now in HD, you know, when you get these shots of the sunset in the San Francisco Bay for a Giants game or, you know, you see the skylines from all these different uh, new stadiums like in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and, you know, the warehouse. So you're saying
1: that I'm sitting here and suddenly I'm seeing the Minneapolis skyline uh, because I'm watching The Tigers play the Twins that I'm going to want to go to Minneapolis.
0: Well, maybe not you because you're a sour person, but...
1: I'm a sour person. (laughs) I think I'm a very positive person.
0: If you were were a young lad in this day and age, wouldn't you see that and go, wow, I'd love to go there? To Kansas
1: City because I saw this stadium that's beside the... Expressway on, my... but they have
0: fountains. <laughs> yeah, some... television makes baseball stadiums look great. Unfortunately, the truth is television has slowed down the game. It, uh, that's one of the big drawbacks. Is that I, I, I blame television for slowing down baseball. Right no, along with Velcro.
1: Yeah, Velcro, <laughs> Velcro, and no Marcus Parr.
0: Yeah, but I would have to think the vanity comes in that if that. That pitcher is is holding his stance on the mound. He knows that the camera's got the close up, and, you know, there has to be that Ah, vanity going through their mind. With some, not many. Yeah. Most
1: of them are just worried they don't get embarrassed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, then you see the ratings for Red Sox Yankees games, and it just makes it worse. So, um, I mean, it's something to do with.
1: 50 grillion people living up there.
0: Yeah, that is true. Did you, uh, in, in the last 20 years, it's uh, exponentially higher when either New York or Boston is in an LCS or World Series. Surprisingly enough... What is exponentially
1: higher? The ratings on oh, television.
0: Yeah. But sure. uh, sadly, uh, God help baseball if Detroit's in it. The 06 and 2012 World Series are the two lowest rated in the, in, in the modern era dating back to the 80s. The 06 and the... 12. Oh, oh, 12. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so uh, talk about Dizzy Dean a lot. You think that he should be in the Hall of Fame twice? Yes. I mean, as Joe Garagiola, Joe Garagiola,
1: the Ford Frick thing, he was there forever. I mean, you know, the guy ended up on the Today Show. I'll give him that. Uh, it seemed to me that every time I listened to Joe Garagiola, he was talking about Yule Blackwell and how difficult it was to hit some sidearm pitcher like this. I never saw Yule Blackwell pitch, but apparently Joe Garagiola never got a hit off of him because that's all he ever talked about. Sandy Koufax could be throwing a no-hitter, but he's talking about Yule Blackwell throwing sidearm from the other side of the the. Uh, from the other side and how difficult he was to hit. But anyway, uh he's in there twice because the second time was his stance against uh smokeless tobacco. All right. Okay, give him I'll give him credit. Uh didn't help Tony Gwynn quick enough, but you know, okay, you're trying to do something good. But Dizzy Dean, no no question he needs, he deserves to be in there as a uh as a player. But as an announcer, he cha- he becomes the first color man, the first ever. The first, I mean, there were all sorts of people that protested that he was using all of uh, – he wasn't using proper English. And there were – if we're to believe the pride of St. Louis and Dan Duryea, uh, we are to believe that there were all sorts of protests against uh, his uh, being an announcer because he just didn't speak proper English all the time. But for a generation, he was our introduction to baseball. Did he know anything about it? No. He didn't know Jack. Uh, Later in life, uh, my mother had an advertising agency, and Dizzy Dean was the sponsor for Colonial uh, Charcoal. And I, in a weird kind of uh, series of circumstances, I got to eat dinner with Dizzy Dean. And I'm like... Eleven or twelve years old—I don't know how old—and he doesn't know who anybody is. He didn't know who Roberto Clemente was at that time, and I was like, "Oh my God, dizzy crushed. Dean's not real." I—I w- I was crushed. But, <laughs> but, but prior to that, he was how I—he's who I first heard baseball through is uh, the game of the week, and we don't have him in. He was an announcer forever, a lot longer than he was a ball player, Yeah. Uh, and. I don't
0: know, and that brings us back to Vin Scully because he flies solo. It's, uh, it's
1: he didn't used to though. I mean, he's famous for doing it now, but he did. He was an announcer with Red Barber.
0: Oh yeah, the it, greatest. You know, the two of them.
1: What what a combination that was.
0: Oh yeah, Jeez. I, I mean, yeah. Wouldn't you love to have been a Dodger fan in New York in that era? Um, you know, you look at you you the Dodger fans in
1: Brooklyn and you you like who am i going to be sitting next to? Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, uh what's her name? uh Doris Kearns Kennedy. Uh you know, I mean all of the the d- supposed Dodger fans that were there at every game, you know, uh that must have been something.
0: Yeah. Well, but in you know, when he when he started doing them solo, um it's effortless the way that he floats between you know, just seamlessly giving the play-by-play and then offering insight on the player. And, you know, really, when, when Vin Scully gives you a nickname, that's like being anointed. You know, it's always such a tremendous honor.
1: Who, who's he giving nicknames to?
0: Well, most recently, Yasiel Puig. He? Uh, he calls him the, um, oh, what is it? I've already forgotten. But the Wild Stallion um uh, see I, now in, in terms
1: of nicknames, I think more of A Hawk Harrelson, you know, the big hurt and all that sort of stuff, and uh black Jack McDowell and, uh but then I also think of Jimmy Pearsall and all of the negative things, the negative terms, you know, dog meat is you know, so and so and you know yeah. and bleep bleep so and so,
0: Was Pearsall the most incendiary announcer that you can think of?
1: Uh, I don't know. Most of them don't last that long when they're, you know, they're quick flames, you know, if they are incendiary. Uh, you know, Pierce Hall uh, wasn't exactly, he didn't look at life the, the way the rest of us do, uh, and so there was more of a propensity for being incendiary. But Harry Carey was as negative about people. uh, I mean, you know, he kept getting fired from different cities because he would just, you know, he used to, uh, you know, I I forgot what he used to call Claudel Washington when he was a White Sox. But it was like it was persistent enough to get him fired and it was only by the time you know he he stays with the Cubs for six or seven years because he's such a an alcoholic at that time that everybody uh, kind of thought of him as cute like the ballpark uh, I mean you know his <laughs>
0: there is a statue most, of him outside
1: I know but he was only there for a little bit of time you know he was <laughs> well, it shows you most how, of his career was with the White sox and the Cardinals
0: well it shows you how you know WGn and TBS you know make make celebrities out of certain no announcers. No, no. Harry it's Carey became part, of, part
1: of that ballpark which was a and singing cash take to me out the ballgame. Right, game. right. Which was a cash cow and like uh and like we, we've got how cute it is that we've got this drunk announcer who doesn't know, <laughs> you know, anybody's name, he can't judge a fly ball and can't remember the score. Yeah, oh, how cute this is!
0: yeah, you know he he did go to the cubby bear before every game and get hammered, but once he was in the booth and the game was on, he never cursed, never dropped an f bomb, never anything he you know the the fans would talk about how he'd be swearing like a sailor, you know, at the bar before the game. But once he was at the game, he didn't
1: curse. You and his what? son invented phrases like, the bases are juiced. The bases, uh, you know, are low. Uh, we're at another bottom of the fifth,
0: you know. Uh, <laughs> to get, yeah. um, what's interesting about all that is that, you know, you look at the technology we have now. There's cameras all over the place. You, Fox invented a catcher cam when they first started broadcasting games in the mid 90s but the very first major league baseball game it was red barber calling a double header and wait, he wait, wait,
1: wait, the very first baseball game major league
0: baseball game broadcast on television okay that's um different yeah well uh, thank you for catching right. that so i can specify but the first game that was broadcast on television major league was red barber and he had two cameras there was one uh behind home plate and there was one on him no monitor so he would just have to look and do his best judgment of where the camera was pointed and make the call based on which light was on and I think that's pretty impressive.
1: But you know he just he just called that game as a radio game. Yeah. That's what he would have to do. Uh the uh I I don't how impressive do you think the whole Ronald Reagan stuff was where the guys getting uh, there's some guy getting a wiretap of the game and is announcing it as though is, he's watching it live and making sound effects and things in the studio, uh, and we're gonna make that guy a president. <laughs> well, he did <laughs> for for doing nothing did. but going through a series of lies for years. Nothing. His whole life was a lie. But okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> So what, We're talking about what, a, now, going, famous man? announcers. There probably isn't a more famous baseball announcer than Ronald Reagan.
0: Re- more famous, yeah, I would say so. I ah, can't take it one. Yeah, and more noteworthy. Um, anyway, uh, so if you... Uh, he
1: refused to go to a ball game. He just wanted to do it from the studio.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, uh, who's your? Uh, who's your... Your personal favorite of our hometown Braves right now. Who you like listening to the most. Right now? Yeah, radio uh, or television.
1: Uh, what's his name
0: who does it with Don Sutton? Um, uh, Jim Powell? Yeah, Jim Powell. I like Yeah, him. Jim Powell's good. I, I'm a fan of Limpke. I like hearing the limmer call it. Because, again, he's a doofus, but he's our doofus. And he's gotten better. He's, he's, he's <laughs> gotten better. He yeah. sounds. He, he's bringing in better insight. Uh, so. I'll give you he's gotten
1: better. <laughs> yeah i no doubt about that he has gotten better All right. uh but i'll still take jim powell uh i mean i always like joe uh simpson uh but uh my son pointed out to me first uh, a couple of years ago that he, he seems to have gotten kind of bitter about things uh yeah, yeah. he and don
0: sutton both sound the- pretty bitter Uh, That's why you like him so much, because you're so bitter. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe it's
1: just a product of being an old grizzled old fart, you know, that, yeah, I see it the same way. Uh, Except I don't feel like I see things the same way. You know, I'll I'll never, Don Sutton, I'll never like, because I saw him throw too many games, he just beat us left and right i just <laughs> i i hated him you know then uh, in those days i took it personally you know yeah.
0: you know the dodgers gave him a bobblehead night when he was there calling a braves game a year ago I
1: don't, and, I, <laughs> and i and i i'm okay with that and you know, it was
0: a, it was a dodger sutton bobblehead I,
1: I well it should be he mm-hmm. was he was he's a hall of fame pitcher from the dodgers i mean he pitched with some other teams but
0: yeah absolutely Well, Coach, this has been great, as they always are. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and on iTunes and download it on SoundCloud and leave us your comments and feedback as to what you'd like to hear us discuss on Running the Bases. Coming into third, this has been Tucker Wells and Coach Bounds. Coach, thank you very much. Thank you, Tucker. All right, have a good night. Good night.